He should chew them up and spit them out. That's where I'm at with life is good. I, I, I just, I, I mean, maybe you make a case for country grammar, but he couldn't beat a horse from Saudi Arabia last time out. So I don't know about that. Hot Rod Charlie, forget it. You don't have any chance to beat life is good. Midnight Bourbon, I mean, he can't beat anybody. He can't win any race. So if he beats life is good, you just throw your hands up. I mean, he's the fastest horse in the world, and he's drawn the rail on a track that favors speed. I just, I can't see how he's supposed to lose this race. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared, who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner, there's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. Racing RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com, for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com, for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com, for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. What's up? I'm Greg Welch. Aaron Altspin. It is Thursday, March 24th. This is Flickers Off. What's up, ma'am? What is up, everybody? It feels like I was just here with you, and there were some other people as well. It's been one of those days, right? We've uh, we had some some breaking news, uh, so to speak, earlier uh, this morning. We hopped on live, of course. Go look on our YouTube page right now. You can find uh, the Bob Baffert reaction. He uh, he trans. Yeah, you are. You know what? You might be. You know, you gave me shit about being like the number one Taba. You know, uh, fan supporter, Bob Baffert supporter. Well, you are. The Messier supporter here. You are team Baffert. Actually, you're not Baffert. You're, you're team Yak team. Uh, Messier, what do you think? The news. Messier, Doppelganger, and McLaren Vell out of the Bob Baffert barn. We're coming at you. That's what I think. We're coming for you. Coming for all you chumps now. Me, me, and, old, me and old Tim Yak team, we're, we're buddies all of a sudden. Uh, no, if you're going to get serious about this, it, it's good that we get to see the best horses on the first Saturday in May. Potentially, they still have to earn it, right? And then they'll get their opportunities too. But it's good. Listen, I, I, Baffert or not, you hate him, you love him, whatever. You want the Kentucky Derby to have the best three-year-olds that are running at that time. And Messier certainly is one of them. And like I said, he has to prove it. He has to go out and get the points in the San Diego Derby. But at least he's going to get that opportunity too. So in that regard, I think we won uh, as horse racing fans. Uh, and then, you know, let's just see what happens afterwards. Obviously, kind of ridiculous. It's a former Bob Baffert assistant that gets the horses. So everybody knows what's going on here, right? I mean, it's BS. But at least Messier gets that chance. Run, you little bitch. <laughs> I mean, he gets a chance, right? I, I, I think uh, it seems like... From what we've heard and kind of what makes sense, uh, you're going to see, you know, McLaren Bell was the interesting one out of those three uh, because, it, you know, Doppelganger's obviously uh, ran in some stakes and, you know, is maybe a little bit of a cut below, so to speak, but he definitely is, considering this crop, belongs in the mix. 
Um, Messier, obviously, we, we, we assumed was going to the Santina Derby, whether he was going to win points or not or could win points or not. So him going there, but the McLaren Vale, who's kind of had that hype all year, so well, most of the year, but has literally done nothing, was going to go to Oakland. Couldn't couldn't go there, in a, you know, because he, he freaked out and, and shipping. Try you know, was thought we were going to go to Southern Derby. Didn't happen again. So now it sounds like McLaren Vale is going to run in the Santini Derby as well with Messier. Doppelganger might go to the Arkansas Derby, which makes sense. You know, Bob Baffert, well, <laughs> Tim, Tim Yekatine, uh, he ships there all the time, right? So uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be hard for me to not, just keep calling these Bob Baffert horses because that's what they are. Um, but McLaren Vale, real quick, that's interesting, right? I mean, for a horse that's done nothing to to make that switch, because actually, basically, the any horse that made the cut to be switched means that he thinks it's a really good horse. Uh Okay, sort of. I think it just means that these are my horses that are pointing for for derby preps in the last three weeks. I don't know that it really means now, obviously, naturally, those would be your better horses, right? But I think it was kind of a, well, McLaren Vale is going to run in the San Diego Derby. What difference does it make if he's under me or under Yakteen? Maybe he gets in, you know, maybe he gets second or third and he can go. So I don't know. I think people kind of jump to conclusions. Like, oh, these are the four. No, it's the four that right now are going to derby preps, right? So uh, the more I thought about it, I thought it is still kind of weird that McLaren Vale made that list, but so did Black Adder, and I don't think that horse is that good. But it's just, hey, we're going to go to a derby prep with him. I want him to have a chance to qualify. So I, I think it's just more of a where they're pointing at this point. Hey, why not give them, a, give them that shot? Because they're not going to have that shot with me. Well, yeah, because, he, he, you know, horses like – uh, New Grange and uh, some of these horses that you know that have tried and failed uh, for Bob Baffert. It's like okay, well, I'm not wasting you know a horse like Taba, who a lot of people are talking about. He's obviously behind the. He's too late now, so he's not going to waste his time transferring that horse. Um, so these are the horses, kind of like what you're saying is the time is right now for this horse to still get into the Derby, and you know and and. All he has to do, obviously, you've got uh, Forbidden Kingdom going to be running in the Santina Derby, but he really just needs to finish top three would be dicey, but if he just can run one, two in the uh, in the Santina Derby, uh, those horses get in. So it's it. I I, I don't know. Like this is a this is a win. Today's a win for Bob Baffert, and it's a big loss for Churchill Downs because no matter how you slice it, everyone knows. So this is Bob Baffert that's got these horses that are going to run, still going to run in the Kentucky Derby. Maybe his name's not on there if one of these horses wins. Messier really is the only one I think that can do it. But it's still, for his, for all of history, everyone's going to know that wasn't really Yachtin training that horse. That was Bob Baffert. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, like I said, they, they kind of made the rule where this was going to happen, right? I mean, they didn't really give uh, the owners any other choice. It wasn't a, hey, they got to wait, you know, they got to be out of Baffert's hands 90 days, right? Let's face it, Churchill just kind of made up this, these rules. Right? Yeah. But there isn't like a, a guideline for this. So that would have been, you know, that they, they should, if they were smart, they would have done that. This, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this is going to happen. So 
you're right. They're kind of losers in the whole deal because they haven't really prevented, you know, Bob. Ba- they, it's but the, Tim Yakteen is basically Bob Baffert Jr. Right. I mean, the guy's yeah. an assistant. The guy is a friends with them. We were talking about it earlier. Bob Baffert probably waved goodbye, and then the horse just circled right around and went right back to his. <laughs> <laughs> but now Tim Yakteen's the trainer. Like Baffert's still training the horses. Let's not get crazy about this, right? Yeah, and I mean, this, these horses will be trained by Bob Baffert until basically they step foot on Churchill Downs, which which will be like three days before the race. You know, yeah. like they'll they'll have one breeze around the track, and up. so they're not, you know, even 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 Yakteen can't fuck that up, right? You know, like he's just gonna just get him there and 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 let him run. So to me, you know, it. it but like you say, it didn't really prevent it either. I mean, if you if you say like ninety days or something, like you, this horse has to be, you know, have, the trainer switch has to be within ninety or has to be at least ninety days prior to the Kentucky Derby or whatever that case may be. Maybe you 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 limit something like this because you know the news came out earlier this week with with Churchill basically, you know. Say you know, or I guess the ruling with the courts upholding with what Churchill's, you know, the you know the ban, and so that kind of I think that was the final attempt that Baffert had to kind of get, still get these points for these last preps, and now he's like, okay, well now the time has come, we've got to do something now. Either whether it's him that encouraged it or the owners, I imagine SF Racing who uh, has ownership in all of these horses. Um, made this switch all at the same time, right? You know, once that kind of you know because. They, and I think you made a point on. I think it was you made a point on the show, or on the live, like when we did a live show earlier this morning. Like it, it, it shows because all year we kind of wondered, gosh, you know, if they're not going to do anything, kind of tells you they don't really give a shit about the Derby. You know, like it means more to to stay put. But today it showed us that. No, they, the Derby is still very a very, very prestigious, very, very important race that they would still try to make the switch, no matter how shady it might be, that they still want to run, say, Messier in the Kentucky Derby. That was the biggest relief to me because their actions before this was was kind of telling you, hey, the, and they're a big ownership group, right? They're a big part of the game, whether you like them or not. Their actions were telling you, hey, we don't care about this. We'll just skip it. We'll go to the Preakness. And then all of a sudden – and I think it speaks volumes that four horses, like I said, you threw, you talked about McLaren Vale and how well, he hasn't even done anything. Yeah, but they still want to run that horse in the Derby, right? So this horse broke the maiden, uh, uh, hit the board in a in a one turn, uh, you know, uh, graded race, and now let's say finished the second or third in you know a Santa Anita Derby. Well, that's a horse a lot like we were assuming. Well, they won't even say the hell with that. Like, don't even worry about it. No, that that signals that. Hey, if he gets in, no matter what, we want to run that because we want to be in the biggest race of the year. So the Kentucky Derby is is a big winner as far as the entity itself, because it means something like they just told you, basically, we want to get as many horses there as we can. Yeah, you know, some of these comments coming in, it is, it, it's 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 definitely going to be, you know, like Mark says, like NBC, is, like, that's the thing, you know, there's going to be a ton of coverage of this. Uh, race day, say if Messier, let's, I mean, just imagine Messier wins the Santini Derby, like we probably expect would happen. Most people, including yours and my number one horse right now, yeah, he would not change. He would likely be the favorite of the Kentucky Derby. 
And so the, you're going to be talking about the favorite of the Kentucky Derby being a Bob Baff, Baffert horse that's not trained by, you know what I mean? That it, mm-hmm. it, it's going to add so much kind of bullshit commentary, um, which is kind of a bummer. But at the same time, you do want the horse in. And to the another point that Mark said, Churchill does lose because kind of the whole point, I don't know if it's necessarily they don't want his horses to run. They don't want his horses to run because they don't know that, you know, they don't trust that they're on the up and up. And if these horses have, are literally being trained by him up until the moments before, basically nothing really changed. Exactly. And I, I it, that point is spot on. And that's been the thing that we've kind of preached today. But the big thing about the NBC coverage and what people need to realize is whether he had horses there or not, they were going to cover him, right? Mm-hmm. They were going to, and, and the bottom line is he equals ratings. Even in our little world, the, the we, we've started doing YouTube videos and really s- focusing uh, since last November. Magic and I did a video on a Monday in January, and it's done two times more than any other video we've ever done. And that's including a triple crown winner for the first time in 37 years. Crossing the wire live while Jared and I was there, it's done tw- three times more views than that because Bob Baffert is – a polarizing figure and those type of figures mean ratings. So he's going to get coverage no matter what, and he will continue to until he's out of the limelight. Right. So there's not a lot you could have done to prevent that no matter what. And and, and this will make it worse without any question, but they were going to cover it. He's a story no matter what happens. So what do you, a lot of people are asking as well. Like I, I assume what will happen is, He'll train, Yachting will train these horses, you know, let's just say Doppelganger and uh, and Messier are in the Kentucky Derby. Um, he trains these horses after the Kentucky Derby. They Do they go right back to, I guess it would depend too, if Messi, say if Messier wins, obviously you'd be rooting or they'd be going for the Triple Crown. Or at least, you know, they'd go to the next leg. So, you know, will Maryland hold up the, the on their end in terms of what Churchill Downs is doing with with not allowing him to run. So will he switch back to Bob Baffert and then run in the Preakness? Will he stay with the act team? Is, will other Baffert horses, you know, that's the other thing too. Think of a horse like Taba, who a lot of people are assuming, myself included, you know, allowance Preakness. Well, if if the if the if Maryland holds up the ruling of well, I'm not gonna let Bob Baffert run here, which has not necessarily been determined yet then any of these horses that aren't trained by, you know, that are trained by Bob Baffert can't run in the Preakness. I think the the easiest answer to a very complicated question for sure, because of just the unknown of what's going to happen with these, with, with these legal proceedings. But I think the best way I can answer it and the most clearest way I can answer it, <laughs> when Bob Baffert is eligible to train horses, they will be right back in his barn. That's my question. That's my answer. I don't know if that's the Preakness, the Belmont. I, I have no idea what that answer is. But as soon as he is eligible, or if he's eligible, as soon as the Derby's over, they'll go right back to him. That's my prediction on this. That's why I said Just, all along. There, it, we looked at this wrong early on. We were like, well, they got to get this these horses to Pletcher, and he's got to get his hands on them, and he's got to get them going. No, that's not what they want. They want a fictional paper trainer. And, and that's evident from who they, they've, they, they've you know, uh, transferred the horses to. So that tells you as soon as Baffert's back and eligible, they're going right back to him. 
Yeah, and uh, it, it, imagine a scenario. We'll end it with this because I don't want to keep talking about. It. We got plenty. I mean, well, there, if you want to go listen more of the coverage, we we did this on our YouTube page. Just look, you know, or just type in Bob Baffert will pop up on YouTube. But you know, think of this scenario. Let, I'll let you guys kind of bask in this as we move on. Imagine Messier wins the Kentucky Derby for Yak team. Then imagine he switches right back to Bob Baffert and wins the Preakness. You know, he's not going to have any other horse run in the race now because, you know, he's got a chance. Goes right back. What does Naira do? How do they, um, how, how, how do they, <laughs> just imagine Messier going for the Triple Crown in a year that we all know Bob Baffert trained this horse in the Kentucky Derby. It, you talk about the ultimate slap in the face. So, anyways, think about it. It could be. I don't wild. have an answer. It could be wild. So, if yeah. nothing else, if nothing else, it's must watch. Uh, you know, television for the Triple Crown this year. And lo and behold, who's behind it? Bobby B. So there of you go. Course. Today's show. Let's get to it. We're going to preview the one million dollar Louisiana Derby. Hey, no Bob Baffert's in that one <laughs> at Fairgrounds and the twelve million dollar Dubai. World Cup at Maidan Racecourse. Then we're going to give them some rapid-fire selections uh, for the remaining Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks prep races across the globe. That's right, including the $1 million Grade 2 UAE Derby, the 400K Grade 2 Fairgrounds Oaks, which, of course, Equizulu makes her big return in, and the 500K, oh, this is the big one, Grade 3 Sutherland Park Derby. Stay tuned for that. Let's go! The all-inclusive inside track of the 2022 Louisiana Derby Wagering Guide featuring in-depth analysis of every single stakes on the fairgrounds card, including the $1 million Louisiana Derby, a major prep race for the Kentucky Derby. Win here and you are in. Plus, get race-by-race analysis, betting suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire card. All wagering guides are included with any monthly subscription to premium picks from the experts at RacingDudes.com. Learn more at RacingDudes.com and remember, never play a big day without visiting the Racing Dudes first. And they're off from the Twinspires.com Louisiana Derby. All right, let's head to Louisiana Downs for race 12 on Saturday. Of course, that's a grade two, $1 million Louisiana Derby. It is a Kentucky Derby prep race. It's the last of their series out there, and it's the first 100-point race of the year, 140-20-10 for your top four finishers of said Kentucky Derby. And you've got a field of nine led by number six, Epicenter. This horse obviously has been very, very good this year. His one loss, though, this year has been to a horse, the three-horse, Call Me Midnight, who upset him Uh back in the comp so now you've got him returning took the risen star off now he's back six to one on him you got seven to five on epicenter he continues to stretch out don't forget mile three sixteenths they keep stretching out some tracks know how to do that where you <laughs> go you go mile a mile sixteenth or a mile and eighth and then you go a mile and three sixteenths that's a great distance asmussen loved that idea because this horse continues to improve with each added distance here he shows up, Halterman, at 7-5. to five. There are some contenders in here. Pioneer Medina is not awful. You've got Call Me Midnight Zozos for Brad Cox at 8-1, to one, who's kind of a new shooter. But Epicenter, this is his race to lose. 
Uh, he shouldn't lose it. I mean, it's just that simple. The the big thing, and you've kind of made a case for it a little bit uh, on the show we did, the reaction show. It's like, well, maybe he was just really primed. That was his race last time out. And, and you know, he was just perfect for that day. And I kind of agreed with you. But the problem that I had as far as, okay, let's try to beat him, who with? Just nothing really catches the eye. Yes, I know the three horse call me midnight did beat him in the comp day. I just feel like that was a, a flukish type of win. I don't want to back him, especially at a much shorter price in the spot. Uh, the Brad Cox trains Zozo's the two horse. I, he is the most interesting one of the bunch, right? And we don't know what he is, but he is two for two. The horse he beat in that maiden special weight came back to romp at Oaklawn. And of course, the second race for Zozo's was at Oaklawn and an allowance romp. Um, look, he might be the goods, and if he is, maybe he can challenge Epicenter, but Epicenter's a tough horse to, to show up against in your first time against stakes horses. So that's where you're at. If you want to take a shot with Zozo's, I don't blame you, but for me, Epicenter looks pretty, pretty tough to beat in this spot. Yeah, it's a big day for uh, for Aspison with you've got Echo Zulu, of course, in the race before that. We'll talk about that in rapid fire, and then you've, you know, Got this horse, Epicenter. Winchell has a couple of good ones, but you know, Epicenter is is a horse that is definitely not going to benefit from the possibility of Messier joining the mix uh, of the Kentucky Derby. You know, Messier is a horse that that uh, has shown a lot of early speed, of course, and Epicenter is that that's kind of his style as well. I do wonder, you know, I, I'm I, I kind of I keep going back to it, and I. I I don't think he's a, I think he's a great horse epicenter. He made a big jump last out with that risen star. He went from an 88 to a 98 buyer that day. And, and I, I think that risen star was a huge, you know, he, we've seen this before where, you know, Asmussen gets one of these horses like to, to pop at fairgrounds, but can he can, can he, can he carry that over? Like, I'm not so sure that this horse is like, I think he's good, but not great epicenter that is. And I think it's going to be a factor of, the right horse is going to have to, to, you know, he hasn't had to beat much, you know, really. He just kind of goes out in front and, and, and rolls. And this loss was, um, you know, a day that he maybe did a little bit more dirty work than the others and calling midnight ran him down to me. He's, I think calling midnight's the only horse that could beat him here. I think with Epicenter, the big key, you said it was that improvement last time out. You know, if he doesn't, he, he won that race easy, but if he doesn't show that kind of improvement, that may have got close between him and Smile Happy in the Risen Star, right? I mean, he did have to run a much better race than, than he had in the LeCompte to, to beat him. But the thing is, I liked the improvement came with more distance. That was the big key to me. Like, if it, if it was just both races a mile and 16th, it's like, oh, he jumped up, he got better. But like this was like the distance got longer, there was speed in there, he just cleared them, no big deal. Um, I like that. And I really like speed going long on the dirt uh in this country. I just do. It's just one of my favorite angles. Uh and, and you know, you just kind of look at who wins the big time races, it's usually on the front end, right? Like look at let Nick's go, uh, look at life is good, look at a horse. If you're gonna throw in flight line, they went on the front. And that's just what they do. So I think Epicenter, uh, you know, if he can improve with more distance here, obviously they're running for second. If he runs the same race, they're still running for second. I'm curious to see, boy, how does he look when we stretch out again? Because he seems to me the type 
that can go fast and keep going no matter how long they go. And if he's that type, he's a gun runner type early in the three-year-old year, just like he did down here. He just smoked him. Uh, and Epicenter kind of looks like that type of horse to me. Yeah, I think – ultimately, I think – I mean, he's the pick here. Um, there's – you know, he, he possesses all the early speed, and anyone that does, I don't necessarily think they can – like, they can touch him because we know that Epicenter is going to go, and that seems to be the, the case. That's why I do like – if you're going to play an upset, you know, play call me midnight just because he's proven that he can beat them uh, in the past. And if this thing, if he, if there is some sort of meltdown, the key with him though, you know, that day he won, he popped like that was his high like, by far um, an 88 buyer. Well, you know, epicenter went from 88 to 98 last time out. So he's going to have to do the same thing that epicenter did last out. Very possible. Very well. Could. Zozo's, I guess, is the other one. I don't, I don't know. I think he's a, he's like a hit the board candidate. But he's, he's very lightly raced, only ran twice. He's looked good. He, he dominated last time out at Oakland. Brad Cox has success with shipping horses like this to uh, fairgrounds, but the running style for this horse, like he's going to have to be really good to, to one, stay close, and, and two have enough kick to run epicenter down and his first time going long and his first time, you know, going this long, I should say. Uh, and obviously first time in stakes company. Yeah, I absolutely. And, and to that point, I'll bring up what Christopher says here. He says uh, uh, the point about, uh, I like speed going long. The, the And he says, there hasn't been a change in the leader of the Louisiana Derby since it moved to a mile and six, three sixteenth. hot rod, Charlie Wells by And what he means is gate to wire winners. Here's the deal. Call Me Midnight is a come-from-behind horse, and a big myth in racing is, well, the longer they go, the better horses like that will run, and it's actually yeah. the opposite. You want that that closer usually will run better and, and make a, a stronger closing kick when they go shorter because they haven't ran that far when they start to make their move. Here, Call Me Midnight's going to have to run a mile and an eighth before he makes that move. Well, it, it stands to reason he's going to be a little more tired. He's not going to have that zip, that pop, stuff like that when you get longer. And and so that's the thing. That's why you see these big-time races on the dirt in the United States gate to wire a lot. Or if not gate to wire, you're sitting a length or two or three lengths off. You don't see a closer win these very often. And like Mark says, there is one exception that's Zenyatta, and we've wrote books and videos and stories about this horse. That's how rare it is. That's why what she was doing was so incredible. Think of the, the horses that have competed at that level in their running styles that have been in her division. Rachel Alexandra got on the lead, right? Having a grace, sat two, three links off of it, right? So that's just it. You've got to be close, you know, nine times out of 10 to win these type of races. Yeah, I mean, I think Zinata and and, uh, and mind that bird, two thousand nine. That's your those are your exceptions, yeah. right? Um, because other than that, you just you're not gonna you, these closers don't win like that. You know, it, you just you just can't. You you can, not at this level. You can, but it's either a a fluke, like wow, the pace just got crazy and they walked home, or it's a freak type of horse, right? Right. Yeah. You've got to be a freak horse, uh, I think. You know, and because like to your point, I you're if if you're if you're a dead closer, 
that means and, and if they're going if you got a like a solid speed horse out front like epicenter uh or messier or whoever you, you're the the gap between those two horses in the race widens right mm-hmm. so the horse in the back the dead closer has two options one to continue as they're going and the gap widens right so that means the work you're basically needing that horse in front to come back to you so mm-hmm. if it's a quality horse it's not going to happen or two you get the horse closer well what's that mean that means you're using more of that horse early in the race where normally that horse is not being used and has that late punch so the longer they get you logically you think well gosh these horses are going longer this horse has more time to no, the horse is more tired because the horse had had been has been running. That's why horses like Nick's go and life is good. They stretch out and they get better because they're running these horses off their feet and early in the race. And then at the end, they just need to jog home really because no one can keep up with them late because they're all so fucking tired from trying to keep up with them the whole race. That's that's why you hit it right on the head. And that's why, like with Forbidden Kingdom, when he stretched out for the first time. When you get a sprinter that's been six or seven furlongs and he's got a ton of speed and you stretch him out for the first time to a mile and 16th, that's not the time to play against them, right? Mm-hmm. It's just not because they've got that speed and they're running into the ground. The time to play against the horse like that would be when they stretch out and do it again, right? And then it's like, okay, now you got to prove it to me. And Forbidden Kingdom might do something. He might he might prove that to us, and that's, that's another story altogether. But, you know, shaky pedigree, sprinter, if they're closers like uh, this horse that Mark brings up, Caleb's posse, he couldn't win at a mile and 16th because he was a closer. He didn't have that kick, but if he could have got out in front, maybe he does it. So that's, that's a big key to handicapping uh, in this country are, are, are these kind of angles that we're just trying to throw out there. A lot of times like a, a maiden claimers will get over bet as well. If they're going two turns in their closers and they've hit the board, they get second, second, third, second. All that is is just closing up and getting tired horses. A lot of times they'll get beat every time by a horse that's got early speed, and you may go, well, his figures weren't as good. Yeah, but this maiden claimer, he just don't have it. They're going to have to totally stop uh, for a maiden claiming closer to win. And that's so that's how you apply it to all the races that you see day in and day out. The dynamics really don't change. Let's make a case, try to make a case here for uh... – the seven pioneer and Medina, you know, all the talk of Todd Fletcher this year and all the horses he had and then didn't have. And we're still wondering, does he have any good ones? Of course, we've got charge it in the Florida Derby. Emmanuel still we'll see, uh, you know, Mo Donegal, those kind of horses, but pioneer Medina is like kind of the one horse of, of Fletcher's barn that no one really talks about, you know, didn't run awful in the risen star got fourth. I mean, it would it be a total shock for this horse to finish top three and and sneak into the Kentucky Derby? I expect it, honestly. I I, I expect him to run a pretty good race. You, you want to make a case for him? Well, he's got two straight races over this surface. He won one of them, and the other one he was fourth and a pretty good risen star, and he was close to third. Um, and now you got an easier field. You want to make a case for him to win? Well, you're probably hoping Epicenter doesn't show up, right? Um, but this horse is probably just going to sit behind him. I don't. He's not going to challenge him or anything like that. He'll sit behind him. He might turn for home. He should turn for home ahead of everybody else other than Epicenter. Maybe he just gallops out to the wire a little bit quicker than the rest of them. I, I think he can do it. I, I expect this horse to be in the Kentucky Derby because I think he's running second or third in this race. Yep. Well-bred son of uh, Pioneer of the Nile, of course, stretching out 
you know, should you know, shouldn't be an issue here. I, I don't necessarily think he's an overly like I don't see him as a major contender, but getting into the mix, uh, I think he's one of those pledgers that no one's talking about that definitely could get in uh, and at least make some noise in this race on the hitting the board. Okay, I'm gonna ask just because people are gonna ask us and we gotta rattle and roll. I mean, we him and giant game, you know, any Roman source that he enters, it's all the same. It's just, it's not for me. If you guys want to back him, if you guys want to buy into what the trainer says, then that's fine. Go ahead and do it. It's not for me. He's not gonna be on any of my tickets. He's not for me. He never will be for me. Um, <laughs> even if he wins this race, he's still not gonna be for me the next time. Uh, I I agree. So there you go. If anybody's asking. Cue that part of this show, rattle and roll. Uh, Steve wants to know about uh, Kapuna, Calhoun horse. It's been working well. I've been hearing reports that his horse is Kapuna Matata. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I appreciate the Lion King reference. I know all about that. Um, what do you think? I guess as an upsetter, maybe. Going to just have to move up. I mean, that's that's all there is to it, right? I mean, so if he's working out well, uh, personally, I don't care about workouts. I'm not saying that they're worthless. I'm just saying I can't, I can't, first of all, I can't analyze a horse in the morning and how they look. I, it's just not a talent of mine. And I don't know, like if he's working out great, then, and people are saying it, that's great. He's going to have to move up a lot. So uh, if you want to use him underneath, I, I think it makes sense. Um, but I think a lot of them make sense in this he, situation, right? He's got, he's got some, his his running line, like, he's he's pretty well bred. He's got some interesting running lines. I, I don't, you know, he got beat by Cyberknife on debut. He also got beat by Cyberknife last out. Of course, Cyberknife is going to go and run into the Arkansas Derby. So that's a pretty good horse. Well, I mean, all things considered. I mean, I think this this is Kapuna is definitely a horse that I mean he needs to improve. He got you know he needs to improve by. That's just it. If if you're assuming Epicenter doesn't regress any and just stays the same, he's going to have to improve like, you know, 20, let's just call it 18 points to be safe. Kapuna is, you know, and that, and that it's like, it, it's possible, but that's a lot to me. He's a horse that third or fourth, you know, I think, he, cause I think that's where the level he's at. You know, I don't think Cyberknife is like a super special horse, but I think he's an okay horse. And he's getting beat by him. So to me, he's in that third, fourth range. Caputo. Yeah, I, I think you said it best. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense for him. You know, he, like I said, he is coming out of a race that produced a pretty nice, you know, prospect. But like you said, Cyberknife, I don't know. Like he's, I, I've been high on his talent, but he's kind of goofy. And I, I don't know. I feel like he could have been a little closer to him if he, if, if he was going to make yeah. a show out here, right? All right, you know the question's coming. How many? Uh, I'm gonna I'll set this at now again. It's a hundred point race, 140, 2010 for your top four. So you get second, first, and second. Uh, you're in third. You've got a shot. So let's call it three and a half because you've got you've got epicenter who's already got the points. So we're talking about Pioneer Medina, Rattle and Roll. I mean, some of these horses. Uh, you know, Capuna. We talked about Call Me Midnight, who obviously Zozos. Three and a half seems like a fair number over under of this race in the Kentucky Derby. Well, it's, it's an, you got to analyze the points situation. Uh, I believe epicenter and pioneer Medina will be in uh, maybe one more. So I 
because you know somebody's got to finish second or third. Uh, so Pioneer Medina gets one spot. Who's going to get the other? You got Call Me Midnight that has points. You got Rattle and Roll that has points. My guess is three. I think three get in out of this. Yeah, I wouldn't go. I'd go under as well. I think three yeah. is the right. Even two is possible. Um, just because you've got obviously Epicenter is going. If he wins, you're assuming he wins. He's already got sixty four points. So I mean, he's he's already locking that up. And then past that, I mean, Call Me Midnight has ten. So he really, he just needs to really. He could even sneak in with finishing fourth. The third definitely gets him in. So really, he. You're not Pioneer Medina has five. Uh does Rattle and Roll have he's got he's got ten. Yeah, he's got ten too. So yeah, yeah dude, it's it could be over. I yeah, yeah, I mean I yeah, they're gonna one of these idiots is gonna not run well. So Yeah. Three, but that's pretty that's pretty crazy because you're talking about a third of the field of the Louisiana Derby being in the Kentucky Derby, which is solid. I mean, this has been a good series this year. It has been a good series. And honestly, this is the worst race of the series. That's what sucks for, for the fairgrounds because the last race was great. And and this race is listen, it does have epicenter and he's really good. And maybe he wins the Kentucky Derby. Like I don't think that's impossible. But after that. It gets a little dicey. He, you know, he, he he's facing weaker horses here than he faced in the prep for this, so, which is something you don't see very often, but uh, it does happen. All right, you and I are both on number six, Epicenter. He's a serious contender, of course, for the Kentucky Derby. Shane Ryan has the button. Gates fly. They're racing in the Dubai World Cup. The other big race of the day, of course, this will happen before the Louisiana Derby on saturday it's the dubai world cup day 12 million dollar dubai world cup in maidan race course race nine uh on the program the last race of the day we'll talk more about this card uh, here in a little bit going a mile and a quarter we talked about how fast life is good and how that early speed works so well for him guess what he's in this race yes he's a seven horse don't even ask he's in the rail i think it's the most <laughs> confusing thing ever but he's number one on the rail, but he is a seven horse. Life is good. Todd Fletcher making his first return since the dominating effort in the Pegasus World Cup. Four to five morning line favorite. No shock there. Now, listen, if you're, I mean, Hot Rod Charlie has been great. He's been great last year. He was, you know, he, he had a nice race uh, under his belt at Maidon earlier this year. Hot Rod Charlie at three to one. Uh, Midnight Bourbon. The old knocking, you know, we talk about Aspies, and, and this is a horse that obviously was very familiar with the fairground circuit as well as a three-year-old. Midnight Bourbon at 10-1, to 1, ran a really good race again last time out. Those, I mean, Country Grammar, I'll throw him in there as well for Bob Baffert, 8-1. to 1. That's 8-1 to 1 seems like insane. I don't know how you get 8-1, to 1, but I hope you do. So those are your, to me, and maybe you have another one, those are your easily your top contenders here, but it all goes through life is good. He should chew them up and spit them out. That's where I'm at with life is good. I I, I just, I, I mean, maybe you make a case for country grammar, but he couldn't beat a horse from Saudi Arabia last time out. So I don't know about that. Hot Rod Charlie, forget it. You don't have any chance to beat life is good. Midnight Bourbon, I mean, he can't beat anybody. He can't win any race. So if he beats life is good, you just throw your hands up. If, uh, if you're if you're using Midnight Bourbon in any spot other than the second and third spots, you're wasting your money. Let's just put it that way. Do not box Midnight Bourbon ever in anything. Play him. Key him in their second and third spots. Always. Anyways, continue. 
I mean, he's the fastest horse in the world, and he's drawn the rail on a track that favors speed. I just, I can't see how he's supposed to lose this race. That's, I mean, that's where maybe country grammar comes out and challenges him. And we finally get that pace duel that we've been thinking we might get with him, but you know, Nick's go didn't really go out and challenge him. So he it could just be a situation where life is good. It's kind of the boss and they just kind of do what he wants. Um, I guess the big question is, you know, he stretches out again to a mile and a quarter. So if you think that's a problem, maybe you play against, but you know, we kind of just went over this, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The three wide. A speed horse stretching out from a mile and eighth to a mile and a quarter is probably just going to be better. I, I think he just annihilates them. I really do. Uh, let's, uh, you, you know, let's not forget how, and, it, and I think it, it came back to be, I don't want to say unimpressive, but you, you go into the Pegasus and you're assuming this massive race between him and Nick's go, and it's going to be this battle and it's going to be a race for the ages. And life is good, just beat the shit out of him. And I think it's easy to be like, well, Nick's go didn't fire. And maybe he didn't fire like to what like a like to his utmost top tier performance. But at the same time, you go back and you look at the the race and you read the quotes from from uh from the connections of uh, you know from Pletcher and and from Irad and from Syaz and and Cox, and it's like, God, I mean, life is good, just fucking went. Like he just and, and Nick's go, they had no option, you know, like, and so I just think life is good is on a different stratosphere right now when it comes to speed and when it comes to just talent and he showed it in the Pegasus. I don't see that changing here. I guess your only concern is if, what if, what if we have an arrogant moment here in, in Dubai where he, he doesn't break well and you know, he, he all of a sudden the rail can work amazing for you as the one spot, but if you don't break, it can be the worst. And he gets shuffled back, and then what happens? We don't know what he's like. Not on the lead, is he? You know, can we see another arrogant performance from him or from uh, from this race? So that I guess that's the only concern is if he doesn't break. But again, that's like he's literally never not broke in his career, and so that's really I, to me. I don't know. I mean. Country grammar is interesting at that price. I assume you're not going to get that price, but he's interesting. Uh, but I'm with you. Hot Rod Charlie, I love him. Can't touch him. Midnight Bourbon, love him. Can't touch him. What like with country grammar? I'm mildly interested in him, but wouldn't it? Wouldn't you think that he's gonna regress a little bit off that race in Saudi? Like he ran his butt off in that race. It was the first one off a long layoff. Now he ships to Dubai. I don't think he's going to run quite as well. Like logic would tell you that. I don't know. Maybe no. Baffert's got the secret, but. I was going to say all logic would say that, but considering who he's trained by, uh, I think he is dangerous um, yeah. in this race. But again, I, I'm going to need that price. He's going to need to be like fourth or fifth choice for me, third choice even um he has been really good you know he got second uh uh when he got when he came to to baffert and then of course won the gold cup should have won could have won the saudi cup uh you know going this long you know he he has won going this long before so that's uh you know that's the interesting part as well he's ran well so yeah i think it's possible 
uh, it, it, it's all going to factor if life is good just isn't himself, you know, you know, yeah. isn't, isn't great, you know, cause if he is, if he's anywhere close to, to what we expect and where he's been, then I don't think anybody can touch him. I think he kind of cruises. Yeah, exactly. And as Michael Meyer points out, who is country grammar's trainer? He ain't performing worse than last race. Well, that's true. I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, think about that, I guess. Cause that's, that's true. I think that try is you might as well go ahead and just, you know, if you, whatever you're, ba- you know, plan on what you're uh, going to buy from, cause you're going to hit that try. I think that's <laughs> it. So just go ahead and, you know, it's, it's locked up, Michael. Uh, he, the try life is good uh, over uh, country grammar and hot rod country grammar, hot rod and midnight bourbon uh, <clears throat> in your third spot there. So I think that's yeah. way possible. Uh, yeah. It seems very likely, uh, you know, you might get, I hot rods, I think he's going to run. I think that's the thing. He's so dependable, but I just don't think he can win. Well, and how are they going to ride hot rod? Like, is he going to do what he did in the breeders cup classic and just kind of try to get second, not challenge, you know? Yeah. That's a big key there. Cause if he, de- if they ride him like that, he should get second or third and it shouldn't be, you know, much drama. You know, what if they try to go, go after, I don't think they will, but what if they do? Well, then he might get burned out, you know? So I don't know. He's he's one that he has the ability, I don't think, to go with life is good, but it, to at least kind of be closer to him. So how he's ridden will be very interesting, I think. Yeah, and you know, the one thing you can say with, with Hot Rod is, you know, he got, he ran a good race last time out in Maidon, going to mile yep. 316th on the track, He's got that under his belt. I think that's a great sign. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it's a little bit longer here, barely, but I mean, I, to I don't to me, Hot Rod is a horse that it doesn't. It, they go to mile, they go mile and a quarter, go two miles. He's gonna give you that gritty, gutty effort and be you know underneath. Yeah, uh, you know, I just in, unless he catches a field like he did, like in the Louisiana Derby where he won uh, the Haskell the Pennsylvania Derby, those types of races, right? Like he's, that's there's that's his caliber. Um, he gets in the classic, he gets in San Antonio, you know, these kind of races. He's very good. Cut below second, third spots for me. Him, I don't think he's a threat to win. Life is good. He is how, like, can the, the biggest thing for him is staying healthy, right? Because yeah. we see a lot of times when they go over here to Dubai and they come back, it's a, forever before we see them again maybe they you know if you look at arrogant he was never the same after dubai if he can stay healthy there's i mean i don't know how he loses a race all year and that's including the breeders cup classic to me his biggest test is the race coming up after this and you say well that might be that's weird you don't even know what it is yeah but coming back how will he, how will he be? And can he stay yeah. healthy? You know, uh, it, it, you know, ask Nick's go, it, it bothered him going over to Saudi. It took a race before he got straightened out. Uh, ask arrogant, like you said. So, you know, sometimes they come back and they're fine. And sometimes this race and this, this shipping, it really takes a lot out of them. So that's a big question mark. How he comes out of it. As far as this race, I want you to think about something. And I'm not saying that he's 15 links better than these horses, but I want you to think about something. Say he breaks and he clears, and the way that surface plays over there to speed, he might beat them by 15 lengths. Seriously, he might. 
it 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 wouldn't it would be like oh my god we what have we just seen mm-hmm. because everything that he does well that track plays to it perfectly yeah it, I, and again, I think the ra- i think you'll know the race is over kind of like i always said with nick's go yeah. like and, and like i said uh in the pegasus like when they hit the turn the first turn you're like this race is over yeah it's over and you i think you're gonna be able to say the same thing about this one yeah, I, I think you're right. And again, like I said, I, I'm not saying that he's 20 links better than Hot Rod Charlie. I'm saying the way that thing sets up usually, and again, it may not play that way uh, on Saturday, but I, it usually plays the speed. If it all plays like normal and it, it it plays right into his hands, holy cow. Like it could be a crate, like a just a ridiculous type of performance. Post time for the uh, Dubai World Cup on Saturday in Maidan is 12.30 Eastern time, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time, 12.30 Central. So you're going to make sure you want to watch that one, whether you bet it or not. Life is good. Looks to be the strong favorite here. We both have him on top to win the Dubai World Cup. All right, time for some rapid fire presented by the Inside Track to the 2022 Louisiana Derby. That's right. Get the all-inclusive 13-page wagering guide to the 2022 Louisiana Derby. This Saturday, March 26th at Fairgrounds Racecourse features a depth analysis of all eight stakes on the card. There's eight stakes total on the card on Louisiana Derby Day, including, of course, the $1 million Louisiana Derby that we just talked about. Get bonus race-by-race analysis, betting suggestions, multi-race plays for the entire card. Every race covered in this guide, go get it at racingdudes.com. On the products page, it's available right now for download. All right, let's stay. Before we go back to Fairgrounds for the Oaks, let's stay in Maidon. Uh, earlier on the card, race five, that of course is the UAE Derby, million dollar race uh, for three year olds, of course. It's a Kentucky Derby prep race, that's right, 140 2010. So, yeah, it's the same thing as Louisiana Derby. Uh, crazy enough for your top four finishers going a mile and 316th, another mile 316th race, uh, today or on Saturday. So, million dollars. It, 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 we've talked about this a little bit before we uh, hopped on here. You got a large field of 16, um, and you're not going to get you're not going to get anything coming. I mean, this, we, we've never seen like horses don't produce Derby. This race does not produce a Derby winner um, or even a Derby legit contender. But you do have Pinehurst in here for Bob Baffert, who of course can't win points, but. Looked really good last time out in Saudi. So Pinehurst halts are in three to one. You got five to one on combustion. Those are your kind of top contenders here. Six to one on a zero, a zero coast. How are you looking at this field? You know, I went with combustion, the six horse from Japan. If you watch the Saudi Cup uh, day, boy, the Japanese horses really stood out. And one race they didn't win was uh, the, the Saudi Cup Derby, which was won by Pinehurst and another Japanese horse. The number 13 horse in here was second. But I think combustion stretching out to a mile and an eight, uh, 316th, I should say, I think uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that horse does. Uh, the horse has never been worse than second in five uh, starts. Godolphin owned and trained, so or owned and bred, I should say. And so I think number six combustion will be pretty tough to beat in this one. So I'm going to go with the Japanese runner. Yeah, I like that pick. I almost picked that horse. I was going uh, price hunting as well. Pinehurst, you know, deserving the favorite after winning in, in Saudi, but I'm going to try to beat here. There's, there's a lot of speed, I think, in this race as well. And so I kind of I ended up going with the three quality boon, uh, another kind of <clears throat> new shooter, so to speak, in terms of some of these 
horses. But, you know, Quality Boone, if you watch that race last out at Maidon, just came from out way out of it and just kept coming and kept coming. That was a mile three sixteenth race after stretching out from a mile really showed that last kick there um, that I think is going to be needed in a race like this, that is going to have a lot of speed. Now, obviously if Pinehurst keeps going, <laughs> uh, it'd be tough to run down, but I do think that quality Boone has that uh, ability to kind of just keep coming, keep coming. He showed that once he stretched out, this horse that went six furlongs, seven furlongs, a mile, ran pretty well, but, you know, second, third, won one of those, won a couple of them. Then he goes to mile three sixteenths and looks really good and just kind of cruised home uh, by the field. So I think the three quality Boone, the longer the better, and you get that distance again. Plus you're getting 15 to one. I'm going to need a price. Uh, well, frankly, I'm going to need a price here in order to, uh, mm-hmm. I, I like your horse as well. I think trying to beat Pinehurst makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, you can argue that going longer is not necessarily this horse's cup of tea. Uh, so you could say you could try to get creative here and try to beat the favorite with, you know, like Zacta, um, or, uh, some sort of win bet. What about the other American in here? Gilded age for Bill Mott, Luis Saez aboard. Here's a Withers horse, early voting on Uno, you know, the one-eyed horse that won, uh, the rebel Gilded age finished third that day. Any thoughts to this one? I have Gilded Age second. I'm going to play a 6-9. Yeah, that's right. 6-9 exacta here, combustion yeah. with Gilded Age. I got this horse second. You talked about Pinehurst, and this horse I don't think wants to go much longer than what he did last time out. I think Gilded Age is going to love going this distance. I think they it's odd that they brought him over here, but uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for him going this, this long. Um, you know, that last race was the first stop of the year and ran pretty good in the Withers. I think he improves. I like Gilded Age. I, I've got him in second. I think he, he will outrun Pinehurst in this spot. Gilded Age is uh, owned by the Magic Mike team, so I'm sure they'll win this race because they win <laughs> this race every year, it feels like. Uh, yeah. I, don't know how, I, I don't know how they get horses in this race, but it always seems like they appear here. Uh, Gilded Age, I think, is a very fair price at 10 to 1 as well. So how about you play a 3 uh six ten how about that three six ten uh exacta box you can play that that'll pay very well in this race you and i uh different horses but we're going uh, against pinehurst in the uae derby all right let's go to the fairgrounds back to the fairgrounds and we've got a maybe an easy one but it is a a horse that we haven't seen in a while right that's right I think we're all excited to see back. Uh, of course, that's Echo Zulu. All right. Let's go back to Fairgrounds for race 11 on Saturday. Twinspires.com Fairgrounds Oaks, grade two, worth 400K for Phillies three olds going to one. It was 16th miles. A Fairgrounds Oaks is a Kentucky Oaks prep race, 140 2010 for your top four finishers. Field of six, but look no further, folks, from the one horse, Echo Zulu, three to five. Morning line favorite. She's never been beaten and never been close to getting beat. And we've not seen her since the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, where she dominated that day. She's back. She's looking to make her uh, her debut for her three-year-old debut and, of course, make a prep race into the Kentucky Oaks. Echo Zulu, this, this is a, this is a more of a single than a, the epicenter is in the next one. I think so. Now, you know, on the first show we did, I said, I'm not sure because I don't know who she's going to face. Yeah, she's going to, I mean, 
she will have to have taken a massive step backwards to lose because the second horse is uh, the second horse as far as the morning line odds go is hidden connection she absolutely murdered hidden connection last time they faced each other and then hidden connection ran last time out and got beat by a bunch of donkeys it didn't improve at all <laughs> i i mean to me she's got i mean uh, and, and Christopher said, if there was ever time to play against Echo Zulu, it's now. And I don't disagree. But he also says, but damn, the rest of these horses are garbage. Exactly. That's the problem. Like, I kind of looked at this as a, well, if you're going to beat her, this is the time. Let's look at, let's, let's dive into this field. And I dove into the field and thought, you got to be kidding me. She can regress, you know, 10 buyer points and win this. So, I, look, if she loses, it's, I mean, just scratch her name off for any kind of major race next right i mean it yeah. just means that she is flat out not ready to run because this is not a good group and she ought to be able to handle them pretty easily you talk about a, a field of donkeys turner lose the two horse who beat uh uh hidden connection and last time out and that rachel alexandra this you know brad cox horse who was trying dirt for the first time uh, <laughs> just we'll call it they call it determined on the chart but we'll call it rebroke uh and just you know whether you know didn't get it i mean that's the thing got an 81 buyer for the effort and echo zulu has gotten a at least nine points better than that buyer every single time she's ever ran so it's gonna take a huge effort for a horse like turner loose who you know of course won that prep uh to to beat her here you know I can't help you. Got to keep to me. It's been so long since we've seen her, but long before the Secret Oath talk, before anyone knew who Secret Oath was, it was Echo Zulu who was like, "Why not face the boys when she, you know, why not go to the Derby Trail?" I mean, this is this horse is a freak. We haven't seen her. Obviously, it's taken some time to get her back. She's back. Let's not forget the talent that she was or is, and I think she's going to showcase it here big time. So I'm with you. I think. I don't know who can beat her in the... I mean, if she comes back, like you assume, right? If she comes back like we've seen her or we saw her last year, I don't know who could touch her. I, I think, and again, I don't think she will, but I think the one you can make... I don't even want to call it a case, but just like a thought for is the Pletcher, right? The horse is, has come coming in from Gulfstream, has looked pretty sharp in a couple of races, obviously got to move up big time from a speed figure standpoint, but at least has looked decent. And so maybe if Echo Zulu doesn't show up, maybe this that horse can can jump up and beat her. I mean, you say it out loud and you're, it's like that. <laughs> that's not smart but to say, but you know. That's but what about the the Kentucky Oaks? I mean, I guess if Secret Oath obviously doesn't, if they still go to the the Oaks route, the, you know, and, and no matter what happens in the Arkansas Derby, she's a threat, right? But otherwise, like, who who, who would you feel threatened to beat Echo Zulu? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, all things considering she comes back and is the horse we, she was. I I don't think, I don't even think Secret Oath can. Mm. because I think she's going to get too far out in front of everybody. Listen, I, we saw Malathot do it last year, go one prep and go and win. Yeah, I mean, as long as she shows up and runs really, really well here, she's the favorite without any question, right? So 
I, I just don't think you're going to be able to beat her, uh, uh, you know, in this spot. And then if she shows up and runs really well, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think you can beat her. All right. We're both on Echo Zulu. No shocker there in the fairgrounds, Oaks. Definitely a horse. Definitely a race you're going to, unless you're singling her in a sequence of some sort. Um, definitely a, just a, just a sit back and watch kind of race so you can obviously see how she returns off of the long layoff and if she's a legit Kentucky Oaks threat like we think she is. All right, let's go to the next day, the last race here. Another Derby prep, the, 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 the feature race of the weekend. Sunday, the Sunland Park, at Sunland Park, race 11. It's a grade three Sunland Park Derby, Kentucky Derby prep race. 50 points, though, for this one, 50, 20, 10, 5. Uh, race 11 goes off at 515 Mountain Time on Sunday. Halter, normally this is a race that you see, you know, we kind of thought a couple weeks ago, we thought McLaren Bell was going to go here, right? And and that seemed like, lock it up, that horse is going to win, no doubt about it. And, and it kind of surprising considering the news of today, like, wouldn't that have been an easy route to just throw McLaren Bell into this race, go and dominate, get the 50 points, and now you're in the Kentucky Derby with not, quote unquote, not Bob Baffert. We didn't see that, but we do have number four, Slow Down Andy, another California horse, another California trainer, Doug O'Neill, two to one morning line favorite. Last time we saw this horse was at the fairgrounds and he struggled a little bit, but of course this is the horse that beat Messier. Where do you stand on Slow Down Andy? He could run better here. He obviously got a much, much, much easier field. So it's possible, but I'm not with him and especially not at two to one. I like, I like Jim Rome's horse. I like Straight Up G. The horse came in and won the local prep from this. Really, his biggest challengers are back here. Like, there's not any new shooters that I'm real worried about. I like Straight Up G. I think he, I think he gets it done. And the biggest thing is gate to wire, I think, right? I mean, look at this horse. I think he's got more speed than everybody else. Um, you know, going a little bit longer. Maybe he stretches out and, and, and kind of slows down the fractions on him and still has a lot left. So I'm going to go the eight horse straight up G. I'm not going to single, though. I think this race is pretty wide open. Uh, I think you can go a lot of different ways here. Um, but on top, I am going to play number eight straight up G. I did the preview of this uh, on our YouTube page. Go check that out on uh, our YouTube page. Uh, go go find it at racingdudes.com. I did the, the preview with Magic and but I said, you know, it's like normally this is the kind of race where the eight makes so much sense because speed, speed, speed. Just get to the front, go to Sunland, go to, you know. I'm yeah. wondering how far this horse goes, though. I'm a little worried. That last race, he looked spent. And he got he got everything his own way in that one. I mean, there was no challengers. It was not a fast pace, necessarily. Um, so I'm wondering if the extra distance here going to mile and eight will, will be enough to, to do him in. One of our favorite horses, Bye Bye Bobby, was coming up running. Uh, and ever since that horse has left, uh, his effort there at the Springboard Mile, which was not good. I no. can't believe we, I think we both picked that horse, and I cannot believe we did. Uh, just goes to show you how far we've come on the Derby Trail. But he has been very good since. Well, he's been good. He's been more of the level of this level. So I think he's a challenger. I I hate the price at two to one, but I think the class enough with Slow Down Andy. Can, he, he can get it done here I, again I, i'm not gonna bet him at two to one I, I, you're asking me who i think is gonna win i do think slow down andy can win this race he gets blinkers on he's gonna be closer i think doug o'neill wants him to be closer uh then he of course he was way way too far back in the risen star off the layoff uh, of course since since the low south of charity i don't think he's as bad as the risen star i don't think he's as good as the low south of charity i think he's somewhere in between there which i still think is good enough 
for him to kind of sit off the pace of that eight horse, kind of run him down late. So I don't think he's overly impressive, but I do think he gets a, finds a way to sneak into the Kentucky Derby by winning this race. Uh, so I like the four or five uh, a little bit here uh, on top, but I like the four on top slowed on him. I, I hate that race and I hate that horse. Yeah. Um, and I especially hate that price, but to me, it's <sighs> the eight makes so much sense. I get why you picked the eight because speed right mm -hmm. i get it if he can transfer his speed to a mile and eighth then he'll win I, I no doubt about it but i am just wondering if that, that last bit of that race he because he looked gas gas in that last effort he did uh i wouldn't pick him normally but i just it's just like and look like no bafford's no pletchers like usually pletcher will bring one over for this that's not too bad but it's like he did look gas in that race, but he's got to basically beat the same horses again. You know, <laughs> there's just not much else here. Um, unless you're going to play slow down Andy. What's the, uh, I didn't really, I, I guess I could ask you, I might as well, who gives a shit, but um, over under, uh, I'll put it at what, uh, 0.5. All over. The winner's going. No doubt. It's not, it's not a fair one, though, because that's, that's easy. The winner's going, but one and a half, you're going to say under. Well, yeah. So you're screwed <laughs> so as a one. How about one? <laughs> you're going to get a push here. So, uh, If you set it at one, I would I would go under because maybe the winner gets hurt or something. Yeah, exactly. Or the winner is like, if straight up G wins, I can totally see that horse not getting there. Yeah. Or say, bye-bye Bobby. Or I guess bye-bye Bobby would probably try. Um, I think that horse is a mule, though. How about we didn't even talk about uh, you don't like either Aspison classic moment? That's an interesting one. I like classic moment because of the Rosario factor. I think that's a big time upgrade. But you also have to say, okay, classic moment was 54 to 1 in the Southwest. The Southwest <laughs> was fucking garbage. And it ran, like, ran like a 54 to 1. Yeah. So how good is this horse? You know, Rosario ain't going to stand up and lift that horse on up and on his shoulders and carry him. I mean, and, and then the horse, the horses that we're talking about that are kind of trashy, straight up G, bye bye Bobby, they both beat this horse. Yeah. And he and, and if you want to go watch the, the Mind That Bird Derby, which was the, the prep race for this one at Sunland, like classic classic moment had the classic trip. Like he was there, he was pr in prime spot to make that kind of, if he was any good, he just cruises by them in news alert. He, he's, he's not very good. I totally agree. That was the last straw. I went back and watched it, and he looked like he was going to win, and he just ran in place. But he can win because that's how bad this field is, right? So, yeah, sure, he could win. And honestly, the last time I picked Bye Bye Bobby, he got beat by 23 lengths. So I'm not going to, I was just not going to do it. I wasn't going to pick him again. It's all the time we have. Check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button. On the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Remember, get your hands on that inside track for the 2022 Louisiana Derby wagering guide that's available right now at racingdudes.com. 13 pages. Go get it. Uh, right now, you get it for free if you are a subscriber. Speaking of being a racingdudes.com premium subscriber, we can now you can now compete against us. That's me. It's Halterman. That's uh, Magic. It's Samich. Um, probably Dr. Miranda will get in on this as well. Do compete against the dudes, an exclusive member-only pick and pray tournament at horsetourneys.com. The bi-weekly racing tournament kicks off April 1st. So next Friday, prove yourself against the dudes for a chance to win 
$150 cash prize plus you get cash prizes to pull $10 to play you get eligible if you if you're a premium you get invited to play $10 to enter of course it's a, it operates like a cash game at horse attorneys plus the winner will get $150 credit at horseattorneys.com so you can play all the other tournaments of course put that towards other uh, NHC type things like stuff like that you can play against us it's only available to premium subscribers so become a premium subscriber it's in your dashboard and you can see the link there to sign up and uh, and go play against us. Should be fun. Uh, we're in. I think you're in. I'm not in yet, but uh, I'm just kidding. I was told I could not pick all fives, though. You, yeah, you're not allowed. So and that's how I pick on horse tourneys in all these tournaments because they're bullshit. So I always just pick all fives all the time. <laughs> well, uh, Samish seemed genuinely pissed that you were going to attempt that. So you cannot. <laughs> you cannot attempt that. So. All right. I got another strategy that I've been using. But I can't give it away on. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, go to go to racing.com, oh, become, a, be, oh, be, no. become a subscriber, <laughs> get the get the Louisiana Derby wagering guide, go sign up for the tournament that we're going to have next week. And the idea behind this is to do these, not just do them for this cash and stuff, but if this if you, if we get enough if people like them and we get enough people playing, we're going to have these be feeders into big tournaments later down the road for big cash prizes and things like that. But we need, you know, we need to see the support there. And if it is, then we'll, we'll do more of these. Uh, but we'll be doing these weekly, bi-weekly cash games uh, in the future. So make sure you're a subscriber to get your, uh, get access to that. Remember we're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, Facebook. You can check out all, all episodes of Blinkers Off on our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, all the places that you listen to podcasts were available. Um, of course, you can watch all these uh, live or watch them after the fact on our YouTube page. Just look for Racing Dudes on YouTube. The Magic Mike Show is coming up right after us. Right after us. And they're doing... What are they doing? Fairgrounds? Late pick four? Don't know. Uh, you'll find out. I think it's the Fairgrounds pick four. Maybe. Sure. They're doing some kind of pick four. Yeah, the Fairgrounds Saturday late pick four. So there you go. Oh, um, what a pick four to cover. <laughs> which one will play against Echo Zulu? I cannot wait. That pick four might pay $8. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I don't I don't I don't make that they just they I just read I just read what they did so that's what they're doing. Well, no, I'm not. I'm just saying everybody make sure to tune into that. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got my KC shirt on. Support still. Got support, even though we lost we lost one of our own this week, mm. Tyree Kill. Mm. Yeah. Peace out, dude. Um, yeah, I thought that was the craziest sports news today or this week, but then we got Bob Baffert. You know. Rear his ugly head, and now you hate to what see are you it. Do? You hate to see it, but more I, than I, that, you love to see it. <laughs> I don't love to see it, no, but uh, I do think the Chiefs are uh, in trouble this year for sure. I think I think it's I. I've had time to think about it. I mean, I'm probably in like the more acceptance phase of uh, of grief right now. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so I, I've moved through the anger um, and the depression and the denial, but I, I do think that uh, I do it for the long term of Mahomes' career. It's a good deal. It's it's gonna you know, but the near term, especially when you look at all the AFC moves, AFC West moves, I should say, like they're like third favorites maybe mm -hmm. yeah that's the thing <laughs> steve says i'm trying to imagine Tua throwing the ball over 35 yards yeah tyreek i mean there's no doubt about it 
this is not like a Chiefs fan that's just bitter. Like, there's no doubt he's going to re- like having the the idea of leaving Patrick Mahomes in his prime. If you're a wide receiver, seems dicey. Just the same. Like he got paid. Congratulations. Chiefs offered him more money, but it was over a stretch of time. He got more guaranteed and obviously more per year. Um, Tyreek did with Miami. So for whatever, but dude, two are trying to make that pass. And I see Samich is in the, in the bottom here. He's really hating this talk. Cause he, I mean, I'm sure he's, he's already bought a few futures on the, on Miami for uh, the Super Bowl. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should get a Dolphins fans perspective on this. Yeah, we should. Should we? Should we have him come in? I don't know. But that's up to you. Yeah. What do you think, Samich? Um, I hate the contract. I like the picking him up. I don't have any interest in having him for like five years, whatever we sign him for. And I, I don't think Tyreek Hill should be that highly paid. But I'm excited to have some weapons around Tua because at least we will find out if he is good or not. Because like that is the one thing. You need to find out now in the AFC if your quarterback's good. Because you've got Mahomes. You've got... Uh, Everybody, pretty much, right? Herbert, Russell Wilson, all these guys in the AFC West alone. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. The 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 NFC, the AFC is loaded from a quarterback perspective, and if you don't have a top five quarterback, it's almost impossible to win your conference. We got to find out if two is a top five quarterback, and we're going to find that out. To be clear, I don't think he is, but we're going to find that out pretty quickly here now that we actually have weapons. Well, hey, you know, and I and I actually don't. I'm I'm kind of with you, even though I'm on the other side of this. Like, I don't blame. Miami for going after him because that makes a ton of sense. And that you're at, you're kind of at the shit or get off the pot kind of moment with Tua. Like it's either, we got to find out if he's the real deal. And you're, I mean, they've made, you know, Mostert and they've got uh Waddle and now they got Hill and then I've got uh what's the tight end. Gusecki. Gusecki. Uh, we- I mean, they've got guys around them for sure that if he can't do it with these guys, but I cannot wait. I cannot wait to when Tyreek's streaking down the field and he just he, – he just misses him by 10 yards. I cannot wait for this. Here's the thing, though. Tua can hit open receivers. No one was getting open for Tua, and the offensive line was terrible. We also signed two offensive linemen in the offseason, so the offensive, lineman should, offensive line should be bolstered. We've used four draft picks on offensive line in the two previous year. That should be better. We have a – better offensive-minded head coach, probably not a better head coach, but a better offensive-minded head coach, Mike McCarthy coming in, or McDonald coming in from San Francisco. So excited to see what he draws up, because this is the guy who was using Debo all over the place. So it's going to be fun to have him with Tyreek and Waddle and all these guys. So who knows? You know, maybe maybe we're good this year. I will say there's already people talking heads on ESGN being like, Teddy Bridgewater should start with these weapons. I'm like, no, no, just shut up. We, don't, we, we need to find out about Tua on his rookie deal so we can figure out if there's there's actually like a long term plan here. I agree, Halterman. You're being quiet. My team signed a guy and gave him <laughs> guaranteed more money than ever anybody in the history of the NFL with 22 sexual assault charges pending. So just, how am I supposed it, to even talk? Right did now? you, did you a, see another indictment today? In, yeah, I just got a new one too. So yeah. Well, you got to get ten million per indictment, right? Is that is that the rule? Twenty-three of them now. <laughs> hey, when I, when I signed on four years ago to be a Browns fan, I had no idea it was this bad. <laughs> I rem- I reminded Halter today too. I said, "Hey, listen, you're a Browns fan for life, my friend. So yeah. enjoy." Yeah, well, and they, they they wanted an adult, and they got the guy with adult charges now. You know, oh, well, so. dude, 
is it worse to be a Browns fan or a Baker fan right now? I'm like, both of the, there's, there's not a good route to take here. A Browns fan. Halter is both. Yeah. Well, a Baker fan, I mean, he might go be a backup to a team that's really, really good. So <laughs> then, then we could get a Super Bowl ring, right? So. Yeah, he's a Chase Daniel kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chase Daniel's gangster, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that, that guy has made $147,000 per pass he's thrown in yep. the NFL. The, <laughs> the dude. And, and people don't even realize he's the backup of, of uh, Herbert now. Yeah. So, like, no one realizes that he, now he's in this brand-new stadium with this elite young quarterback, so he's never going to have to play there either. And a very good team. Like, he just – Living in L.A. Yeah. It's good, man. Yeah, dude. That's, a, like, the best backup of all time. All right. That's a wrap. Magic Mike coming up next. What are you guys talking about? We we, we uh, The Fairgrounds Late Pick 4? Yeah, we're talking about the Fairgrounds Late Pick 4. We're also going to give out two prices we like on the rest of the card um, because – Honestly, the fairgrounds late pick four is pretty damn chalky. Um, so we're going to talk about two prices we like earlier in the card, and then you can watch me sweat out the fifteen thousand I have live to the seven in the last golf stream. <laughs> All right, you guys, if you're, if you're, that's worth it alone. I'll be watching now. So uh, that's a, if you're if you're watching this, just stay right where you're at. The Magic Mike show is coming on right after this. All right, guys, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman, He's- and I'm Mike. He's Mike. I'm Mike. Where's Magic when you need him? Yeah. He's watching. Yeah. Uh, All right. He's, switch he's, he's always right. watching. See ya. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jared Welch. He's there in Alterman. Blah, blah, blah. Make sure you check us out at racingnews.com. Magic Mike show coming up right now. Subscribe. Do all that bullshit uh, that Magic talks about right below. Subscribe so you get alerted when we do these live. Or we curse. All right. That's a wrap. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 